Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and I've got on the podcast today the Phoenix. How are you doing, man? Doing great. It's great oh. to be back. Oh, yeah, great to have you back. Uh, thanks for taking the time to tell us about uh, what we're going to talk about today. But for those who don't know who the Phoenix is, uh, we did a couple podcasts a little over a year ago. Um, and in, in those podcasts, we talked about kind of your uh, move from your doing editing in in LA to uh, you know wanted to get out of that grind so that you could make films and you became a card counter and through card counting you were paying off all of your student loans and getting enough money to work on your dream. How's it been going in the last year? It's been going good. I, I've returned to LA and uh, I'm actually you know in, in in a sense living the dream. I made a short film, um, Pinata Man. That's awesome. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, and that that was uh, I've been you know dreaming about that for years. Put it together, um, it's it screened, and uh, I'm you know I'm proud of it. And then just trying to continue to you know uh, continue to take risks and try to live my life to the fullest and, and best uh, that I can. So that's awesome. So I want to back up a little bit. Uh, I want to ask you about Pinata Man, but. Before that, so how did you get, you know, a year ago you were saying, well, if, if things go according to plan, you know, you're going to reach reach your goal. Did, did it just work out according to plan? It did. In fact, uh, I guess it sort of exceeded the initial plan. I think the initial plan was to make 250000 um, which I, I exceeded that, uh, but with some interesting um, sort of um, – Things along the way, such as the adventure of navigating taxes, which I know we talk about. <laughs> yeah, which I'm in so California is, is is a little more painful than here in Washington. Wow. Yeah, and <laughs> um, and you know, still navigating that because it's like basically tax time right now. So you uh, met your goal, and you stuck to your word and headed back to L.A. I did. Yeah, back to L.A. And I haven't actually gambled, done like really any excessive. Um, professional gambling. I've, I've maybe gambled like maybe five days just as just for fun and at low stakes um, since I think July 2017. Okay, wow. So it's been it's been a good six seven months. Yeah, I've been a lot of like sitting on the couch playing video games, trying, <laughs> trying, to, trying to make movies. And and I know that that sounds really attractive um, to to some people. Like, wow, I wish I made so much money that I could sit on the couch for six months and play video games. And that sounds attractive. But I, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of hard on myself, and I beat myself up, and I always want to like have every moment be the the most awesome that it could possibly be. But I am proud of myself that I have something to show for the, the past six months, which was Pinata Man, and then also um, producing uh, like a low budget horror film out here. Oh and, man! Um, and, and just like just kind of learning a lot and making connections that you know, in theory, it's, it's going to pay off in the future in the same way that, it, that that the connections through your community, as far as I'm concerned, paid off, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about today. Because today we're we're basically going to talk about uh, red flex. Yeah. So we'll get into that in a sec. I just I got a question about Pinata Man. Well, n- not specifically about Pinata Man, but uh, I'm just curious what kind of the goal is. Is it like creating? you know, a repertoire of, of films that, or, or is it trying to get, you know, it's a three minute sh- short. Is it sh- using that to try to get a feature length or how, what's kind of the, the path? Yeah, there, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I feel like 
Robert Rodriguez might like it because with, with it being a pinata man, it, it, it's um, you know it has like a Latino flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could, I feel like it maybe could find a home on the El Rey network. Um, but I'm cool with it being like, uh, a TV show or a film right now. I have outlined a, a, a film for it. Like if, if it were to be a film, mm-hmm. um, but what I had submitted it to was sort of this festival in terms of, instead of sitting on the couch playing video games, there's this festival where every month down here, you have to create new content. Okay. And I, I like that cause it keeps you honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, what they, they show 10 shows and five sh- the audience votes and of the 10 shows five shows get to make a subsequent episode well I screened at this and then they didn't vote my show in so I didn't get forced to have to make a next episode mm-hmm. so now it's just basically I can start from scratch and make something new but still like you never know like maybe it was just that audience that sure. Didn't like Pinata Man because that's that's a very interesting audience. The Channel One One audience they they like very very extreme content, and that's that's why I was thinking it would find a home because like a the the concept of a guy that can turn himself into a pinata at any point in time <laughs> is so unusual that I felt it would. But after watching some of the content that screened alongside mine, I realized like okay, my piece of content was tame compared wow. to. What some of the other people were showing. Okay, but but the idea is you you create uh, you know art or you create films and um, you keep doing that. It's like a, a different form of gen- generating EV. You're like yeah yeah and generating and film EV. It's weird because it may it's it may seem like you're not generating EV, but you basically make a bunch of films and then and then all of a sudden next thing you know you have a library and people can look at it and be like oh okay this guy knows what he's doing oh look at these interesting unique ideas yeah this guy would be good for X Y Z commercial mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, awesome. Well, well, uh, let's. I'm sure people are anxious to hear about what we're going to talk about with this Red Flex bet. So why don't we start off? Uh, with so Red Flex is a side bet, correct? Yeah, it is. So, so tell me how you found about it, or how you got interested in it, or kind of you know how that morphed. Well, it's very interesting. Um, initially, I came to you know to, I, I went to as in the other two podcasts, like I went to you know two boot camps, figured out what I was doing wrong on regular blackjack, and in between those two boot camps, I remember specifically seeing a, seeing a video where you and Ben were talking about Lucky Ladies, and I there was and Lucky Ladies is a side bet. And then if there is a trigger true count value from the high-low system that you can use yes. to generate additional EV off of Lucky Ladies. And like I remember at the time seeing that video, I was like, dude, why did he tell this term? Mm-hmm. I, 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 like, no offense. Um, I oh, felt, I'm, I'm offended. I, I, felt, I felt like really, really crucial information was being withheld from me, even though it was obviously one of your videos that you created that was online. Well, um, yeah, the reality is you're not going to get rich off lucky ladies. You know, it's you know, like you might, you might uh, add 10 bucks an hour to your win rate with it. But there, there's a, some people debate whether it's even worth playing because it's, it's, you know, you got to get a lot of hours in for it to be really to work out. So I, I don't think it was crucial information, but, but yeah, it was, it was a, maybe a side topic that, that didn't come up. And, and, and how, how, after sort of like dealing with you and I easily got over that frustration because like you were, in fact, I think when we got on topic and you talked about lucky ladies, I remember you sort of circling back to like, Hey, look guys, we made, I think it was like 95% of our money off of good old card fashion card counting. Yeah. Because it, it is, it's something that's there and it's prevalent and it's everywhere. 
and then there's there are other ways to make money, but they aren't as uh, prevalent, so so to speak. Whereas like um, blackjack in America is very prevalent and, it, and it's everywhere. So yeah, it was, it was Lucky Ladies and. Uh, and, and I, I just thought, like, oh, okay, Collins is really busy. It's not like <laughs> you, you were you weren't trying to withhold information. It's just, it's just uh, you, you're just people come to you with so many different things that you know. It's just like this is just something that. Well, honestly, part of it is um, it can be dangerous getting into the weeds because people, you know, it's like you need a foundation first. Um, not only is Karkang what you know ninety five percent of what we did, but. We weren't. I wasn't ready for the other five percent. With you know, people at a boot camp aren't ready for anything beyond just good old fashioned car hang until they're effective at that. And so, you know, hold back some of that stuff. Not because I'm trying to withhold valuable information, but it's like, hey, first things first. You know, let's get a winning game, and then you know, there might be this five percent, but some people they get they get kind of you know caught up in these things that really aren't probably aren't going to make them any money. Uh, you you might be the exception here, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, so um, so that was that was the, my my initial introduction to Sidebet was Lucky Ladies, and then I remember, and 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 that was in between those two boot camps, and then after the second boot camp, I joined a team, Nat. That's where I met JC Note, and then it was during that time. I'll just kind of like say a little bit uh, of that narrative of the Nat narrative. Nat, when I was with Nat, I learned about. Um, what I like to call Cerberus, the three-headed dog, which is the three heads are um, one is blackjack, one is exploiting uh, casino machines, and then another is the, the third is hole carting. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, I, I learned about uh, all three of those, and that was like just mind blown. You know what I mean? Like learning about all these exploits, and then um, there was even a talk at that time of like other side bets that you could exploit. But I remember sort of the general thought was, um, cause I was the big lucky ladies pusher. Cause it was a group of smart dudes that came together that all wanted to, that were all sharing this Cerberus information of here's how you can like, here's, here's three ways that you can attack casinos and all of them make money. But, but they're all very, very different because blackjack is, is like the picking up pennies at water fountains. It's very awkward. And, but mm-hmm. it's, it's everywhere. And then it's awkward, but they ask you to leave, and then you go elsewhere. And then those side bets would kind of like go in conjunction with that, because you you can there's others there's a whole slew of side bets that you can beat. It's all on. Um, well, there there are some. I want to be cautious. If, if someone's listening to this and they're newer, don't be very very cautious. There, for every beatable side bet, there's twenty that you're going to lose your shirt on. And, and yeah, but you can find out what, what's the website. Uh, it used to be AP Heat, and it got bought yeah. out by an online casino. Uh, it's like eight 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 casino. Uh, yeah, eight, 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 casino. Yeah, yeah that, those guys are buying out everybody's uh, website <laughs> websites because um, they they bought out BJ twenty one also. Oh wow! Uh, which makes you feel a little bit weird that that a card counting community is owned by online casinos, but whatever. Um, but yeah, Elliot Jacobson would write about some of the side bets. Um, yeah, and that's which is how I found out about Slingo, uh, which I think. Uh, JC, you know, and I talked about is this side bet that we uh, we beat for a couple weekends. For it was pretty fun. Yeah, and then just really, I'll, I'll jump. On. I had my Slingo experience as well. we'll, we'll okay, uh, just, but just before we jump into that, I just want to cite one more thing from Nat. Um, uh, from the Nat experience, um, I actually did a little bit of hole carding, 
and sort of got introduced to um, since things look different, um, the ways of making money and extracting money from casinos. Um, uh, I got adjusted to what it's like to um, extract money off of sort of a jackpot based um, betting uh, pay table. Mm-hmm. Because when we whole carded, I'll, I'll specifically say that I was I was whole carding um, uh, Mississippi Stud, and basically when you play it, it's like nothing is happening for like what seems like quite some. You're, you're just you, it's like you're going up and down, up and down, basically breaking even on the game until finally, boom, a jackpot hits. Because you can get paid ten to one, you can get paid up to, to uh, five five hundred to one, I think it was on a royal flush if you ever got that, which was amazing. Usually the highest you'd get was quads, which I think was forty to one if I recall. Um, but it's like that's where all your money would would come in through it was basically like through a monster jackpot and i mm-hmm. dabbled with that a little bit and i got quads a couple times and got exposure to what that was like okay and and, and that was on and then and then i got done with nat cuz i was unsatisfied with um, how much i was getting paid but it was a, a huge like great learning experience mm-hmm. obviously so i want to back up real quick because oh, people might not know what we're even talking about with whole carding so uh, let me just, I'll, I'll break it down. We've said a few things. I want to make sure people are tracking. So side bets, you know, if you ever played a blackjack table and it's got a little circle next to it and it might say for various, you know, hand combinations or your card and the dealer's card, you can get these, these side payouts. And in general, the casino has a massive edge with side bets, but there are a few that are exploitable through either high, low card counting, like we teach or through learning, like the slingo thing, we had to learn a, a different count and it was really fun. Um, whole carding, for those who don't know, is if you are playing in a casino and by sitting in a normal seat where you're allowed to sit, you see the dealer's bottom card, you are, it's perfectly legal to use that information to your advantage. So, so what the Phoenix was saying is that Mississippi stud, uh, you know, he had learned how to play it. If he was able to see the, the dealer's bottom card to use it to his advantage, uh, and the jackpot thing with with lucky ladies um, and with uh, Mississippi Stud, you make most of your EV when you hit one of those really high payouts, and so you can go hours and hours with without hitting it. Um, but then, boom, it's payday when you hit one of those. Is, is that kind of what you were getting at? Absolutely, uh, and yeah, I remember that just being so much fun and seeing the sort of the potential of that, and also like, oh, that's a different way to make money, and also even just how different it was farming sort of uh, the um, uh, the machine the machine exploits that we were doing, mm-hmm. uh, slot machine exploits, and also I guess just getting ex- exposed to the poker language, like full houses, flushes. Low uh-huh. pairs, high pairs, and all that stuff, as opposed to just like numeric values associated with blackjack. Um, which I'm curious if I'd even be a good poker player now. But anyway, um, so I got off the team, uh, got got exposure to that, and you know had that knowledge in my in in my arsenal, and um, went on my own. And uh, what's it, Sub Zero, who I had teamed with uh, prior uh, when he was like 18. Um, mm-hmm. We played together, and then he was just turning 21 at the time in October 2015. And I was like, "All right," I was like, "That's it. I'm done doing motion graphics. I want to go full time." Because I think Joe748 was such an inspiration, making so much money playing blackjack. I was like, "All right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get debt free. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm going to do blackjack full time." 
despite my pay raise and my graphics getting better, my, yeah. my, my skill set getting better, I was like, man, I just got to get out under, under, from under this financial burden of like what somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 grand that I owed for college. And it's like, I'm going to go on the road. We're going to yep. do this. And then, so for a month, um, I, I, you know, as buds, buds with JC, you know, we kept in touch and he had mentioned about your and his experience with Slingo. Uh-huh. And we're like, all right, dude, we're, we're out, we're out on the road playing blackjack. Let's, 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 let's do Slingo in there too. And so we would, in between, uh, just grinding on blackjack, <laughs> we, um, would practice during our practice times together. We would practice Slingo and we would get on the phone with JC and he's like, yeah, yeah, here's what you want to do. And, and it, it was, uh, you would aim, he learned, uh, Sub-Zero learned. The he learned number. one of the side counts and you yeah. learned the other. Yeah. He did 21 and I did 18. Mm-hmm. And because apparently those yielded the most yes. revenue in return. That's what uh, JC Note had told yeah, us. Yeah, those were the two highest EV. And if you even played them at the table together, you know, you're getting this monster. Because you could bet, you see the other person betting and you're like, yeah, I'm betting it too. If, you know, they clearly uh, see the high count. And so you can like really rake in the, the EV per hour. Yeah, and we did that. We mm-hmm. sat right next to each other, both bet two spots. Because your main blackjack bet at this one casino that has it up in Oregon um, had to be three bucks, and then yeah. on, on the side bet you could bet—I think it was a maximum of ten. Yeah. And when I would bet the eighteen, he would bet the eighteen, yep. and when he would bet the twenty-one. I would bet the twenty-one, and then sometimes it's very interesting—you bet both. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because like, they, they both—if the shoe is rich in tens and eights and aces then you would bet both. It, but but it's pretty crazy the way that, you know, when you got two people playing it, betting $10 on the side bet, you guys are, you know, you can, with two people, you're making a couple hundred bucks an hour. I mean, it doesn't really exist anymore, but it was kind of a fun little, uh, the, the, guy, the guys that made that side bet didn't realize, you know, how easy it was to exploit it. Yeah. And like, um, basically in two hours, it, after I want to say like a week or two of practice, um, uh, you know, or just moments of practice. Not like it's not, it's not like every day for. Yeah. You know, it's just like two week, like a, w- a week of practice, meaning like ten or fifteen minutes a day. Yeah. We would practice the count systems, and we would test each other, and um, we would just make sure we were sharp before we went in. And we sat down for two hours, and I think we made two thousand between the two of us. If I if I recall, uh-huh. I think I made eight hundred, and he made twelve hundred, or vice versa. Man, you guys probably got not too far off from EV with, you know, he had the little bit higher EV side bet and yeah, crushed it together. That's awesome. And it was great. And we were like, man, this is awesome. You know, we went up to this, we practiced for 10, 15 minutes a day for, I mean, this is after being like very, very proficient on uh, blackjack and understanding sort of the systems, how mm-hmm. it works, what it looks yeah. like, testing it. Like, how should I feel? What's normal? What's abnormal? <laughs> like doing all that stuff. And it was great. And then, uh, so we, we, um, it was a month. And, uh, during that time we kept getting on the horn with, uh, JC note cause he was, he's, he's just really smart and he knew how to basically how to read Elliot J Jacobson's blog, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and his entries. And he, 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 he just, that was successful. So it allowed us to put like a lot of trust into JC note. And then we got on the horn with him and he was like, dude, and we tell him that story and we're like, Hey man, thanks for telling us about Slingo. This was awesome. We uh-huh. made this money. We're indebted to you. We're up 2000 because of this, because, because, you know, of what you shared with us. Thank you so much. And he's like, dude, if you like that, <laughs> wait till you hear about this other side bet. Mm-hmm. 
It's called Red Flex. Because Elliot Jacobson, I guess, uh, has a sort of a one article which s- cites all the side bets and which ones yield the most EV. Mm-hmm. And uh, Slingo is number one. And then number two was Red Flex. And he's like, yeah, dude, there's this thing called Red Flex, man. It's in it's in uh it's in you know roughly northern california so we looked up the article online and honestly at that point in time what me and sub-zero were thinking is as i was like oh okay whatever places have this it's it's basically we're probably going to get another 2000 a pop Uh is what we were were thinking that'd be nice so we're done with slingo we don't need to like retain that skill set anymore let's practice red now in our spare times Mm -hmm. and so we continued to to we just basically switched the next skill set. We would drive and practice and tr- train each other, and train each other. And I remember having such a hard time. It's so weird because basically with Red Flex, um, the count system is red versus black. Okay, so it's a side bet that you're betting on if your cards will be what both red, yeah, not your or cards, both black. The dealer's cards. Okay, um, if if the dealer's two cards will be both red or both black. Both red. If, okay. If, so if, black flex, it does not exist. Yeah, black flex does not exist because man, if that existed, oh my goodness. If you could bet either red or black, yeah, that's that's like betting when it's making money when it's positive or negative, just not neutral. Dude, it like yeah, wow. <laughs> I just got I got you a little uh, little excited about about yeah, man. Because you'd it would you'd literally make double the money. Yeah. And it, okay. Just, if that existed. So uh, so so it's you're basically looking for a positive red card count. Is that correct? Yeah. So basically, if a bunch of black cards come out first, you know a bunch of red ones yeah. will come. But but it's not it's not like Mike. It's not like if the last round was a bunch of black cards. You 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 started at the beginning of the shoe, and you keep a or a, a like a running in a true count or just a running yeah. count. Yeah, it's it's a it's a well running count and then a true count. Yeah. And then, okay. And basically, this game is advantageous at a true one and higher. True, true one of of red to black. Yes. That is so funny. And, yes. And so it sounds pretty pretty easy to learn. Like if you can oh. learn high low, you can learn this this side count or this uh, counting system yeah. pretty quickly. And, and and I guess the differences are in high low, you you skip over the seven eight nine. Yeah. Uh, whereas so you're this, counting every card. Every card. So it's it's like in that sense, it's maybe a, a little more mental energy. Well, I, I would say that it, because of the trade off, I'll say this: if it's true one and high, it, it eventually got to a place to where, like, for me, it was like, and I, I guess I'll get into this: it was either on or it was off. Yeah. And uh, it true one and higher. It, it was like I would bet full blast. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, like if the dealer has two red cards, you would win that side bet, and then. For every subsequent red card that they would build um, the the hand with, the payout would get larger. And let me talk about um, that real quick, just just because it's specific to today's podcast. Um, like if they had two red cards, that's automatic win. So just win, and then three red cards. There was two different pay tables, um, and I guess I'll just cite. They were both positive EV, and in fact, they both at a true one and higher. What do you mean when you say two pay tables? Like based depending on the casino, or yes, at depending, depend, depending upon the casino. Okay, okay. A different pay table. Like one was maybe more valuable than the other. Yeah, because um, two two because basic. Uh, how many places? I think five places had this. 
Okay. Five, five places had this with shoes that you could beat. And I think there was two or three more that had it, but they, they had CSMs. Okay. One at San Diego, one at the, in San Francisco. And that, that's all that, that's coming to mind right now. Okay. So there are two pay tables, but either were beatable, both around a true one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It became positive EV at a true one. So okay. clearly there wasn't like a radical difference, but like, um, at the, at the main casino that I made an exorbitant amount of money at, I'll just say that pay table. Um, and it's the better of the two, but basically with two, if the dealer had two red cards, you would get two to one. If they had three red cards, you'd get three to one. If so, had, so if they hit their hand and get a third red. Yeah. Third. Yeah. Third red card. You would, you would, you would get, and they, they didn't, it didn't matter if they busted or, yeah. if, or if they made a hand. Okay. What mattered to you is when black cards started to emerge. Let's say they have three red cards, and then the fourth is is a black card mm-hmm. that stops your your jackpot. But it doesn't mean you don't get paid. Yeah, you, you get paid three to one. But but if it's like red, 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 black, red, it's like okay, you stopped at three red in a row. Yep, that's correct. Cool. That's absolutely right. And so three red cards was three to three to. Okay, so let me let me re-say this. Two red cards is two to run one. Three red cards was three to one. Four red cards was eight to one, mm. um, and then uh, five red cards was was when it's you hit what I like to call hyperspace. It, it was fifty to one. Okay. Six red cards was a hundred to one, and the seven red cards was two fifty to one. And then I saw one casino, in fact, I think two casinos had it where there was an eighth red card, which I'd never, never, anyway. With with eight red cards, you just get to grab as many chips out of the tray in three (laughs) seconds. You You got three seconds to just go, go for all the chips in the tray. Grab those chips, maybe buy a lottery ticket (laughs) when you're at it, if you're doing that. But eight red cards was 300 to one. Okay. Um, And I never saw an eight and I never saw a seven. Yeah. Okay. The highest I ever made was a six. So most of the EV must must just come from you know the the three and four and five card hands. Yeah, I, I want to say like twos, the twos and the fives. As weird as that sounds. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's just going to be the the odds of getting that relative to the payout for getting it. Yeah, I mean it was yeah, and so um, so the, the you know basically when you're really hitting the jackpots it was like five and above. Um, yeah, uh, it was it was just, it was crazy. It was insane. It was easy count. You know, red versus black. How hard is it to keep that? So, um, uh, JC Note had told me about it, and we and I and, uh, we had practiced it, and we would go to these places, and uh, I kind of um, it, it was an interesting vibe. Um, so these places, meaning, so they're casinos, but they're different. Yeah, and in fact, technically, they're not casinos. Okay. Technically, by state of California, they are technically card rooms. So mm-hmm. it's as if it's as if it's sort of a like a workaround for another casino to exist, if that makes sense. And let me tell you the legal workaround. It's like it's as if what they're simulating as if I'm going over to your house and playing blackjack. Uh-huh. Like if I go over to your house and I want to play blackjack with real money. Um. Somebody's got to pay me if I wager my money and I win or lose. And so someone has to, quote unquote, back the game. So if I go to your house and I want to play blackjack, 
someone would have to back the game. So let's say you back the game. Well, your 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 game is not good here. You're not welcome to play <laughs> uh, any table games at my house. No, I'm just kidding. So so instead of it actually being a casino, it's like oh, we're actually going over to someone's house and gambling. And this actually isn't a casino. It's actually a card room. It's someone's house. And so, so at these places, they have one company that provides the establishment, the building, that says casino on it, even though technically it's a card room. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then there's another company that backs all the games. It's just, in fact, they have employees that sit at the table with chips. They mark their wins and losses. Um, and uh, it's so it's very interesting. It's like yeah. when you Vegas casino. It's there's not like somebody sitting on first or third base that just has a bunch of chips there. It's just you go to you go there, and it's like the dealer has the chips. It's just it's all it's all one entity, and that's why like in Vegas, um, if they have the right to refuse service, because they're like, hey, we provide the house and the chips, and if we don't like your action, just uh, get out of here. Um, whereas at these places, since it's technically a card room, in order for you to be asked to leave, the house would have to not appreciate what you're doing. In, in theory, you'd have to be being unruly of some sort. And so there's this sort of this interesting relationship between the company that runs the house and the company that backs the game. Um, those are two different enti- entities that need to work with 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 one another, and it's very it's it's a different dynamic. Yeah. Than than at a casino where it's all one entity that you know works within itself. Mm-hmm. So and there are people that actually game backing the games, or that like that's their their uh, that's their advantage play. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, Small Cap Growth talked about this recently on Gambling with an Edge uh, that he was backing um, Baccarat. Yeah. Um, and I actually heard about this way back in the day from Anuj, who was on a four-man team with with me, and uh, he he really wanted to do that. He wanted to back games in California at the card rooms, but we we all lived in Washington and were married and didn't you know didn't want to move for for that one play. But but these things they've been around for a while, and uh, it, it's such an odd setup. With there's the people that own it, there's the people that back the games, which have kind of turned into corporations. Yeah. And and then there's the gamblers. Yep. And then there's the Phoenix. Yes. Oh my gosh. The advantage gambler. Yeah. I was a very different ent- entity. And like, uh, also, and I'll just, just one last thing about the, in order for, uh, about the card rooms, in order for the card room to actually legally exist, they need to offer someone else at the table to be able to back the game. So if like, I go to your house and I want to play blackjack and like you back the game, uh, the way these card rooms exist, you would have to let's say uh, let's say JC notes there. You would have to offer, hey JC, do you want to back his action as he plays blackjack? Like you have, you would have to offer it to him mm-hmm. by like California state rules. So they have to offer it to you, and they would always offer it to me. I didn't care. Like I, I knew how to take that corporation's money, <laughs> and so and that's what I would do, and that was my my play. I I, I didn't really get in, into backing the game, but it is an advantage play because. Um, that game is designed for whoever backs it to make money. Yeah. You just have to pay a fee. You pay a fee to the house. So you have to, it has, you have to be getting enough action to cover the fee. Um, yes. and it'd be worth your time. And, uh, I, I know there's, there's some, some math behind it, whether it's worth backing those games, but, but, uh, okay. So you're, you know, you're 
comfortable with the card rooms. You've learned the count. And then, uh, but you're thinking this is going to be this small play. I mean, hey, 2000 bucks for, for two days, that's not bad. But, but you're thinking this might be a short-term thing like, like Slingo, correct? Yeah, exactly. Me and, so me and um, Sudzer, we trained each other. We became proficient in it. And uh, just like we did in Slingo, and we would play it. We, we, we went to, I think this was like five places that had it because um, basically it got to where it's like uh, card rooms. Also, legally, they have to post uh, information about their places online. And there's like a California uh, website. In fact, there's uh, card rooms exist in Washington, California, and Florida, as far as I know. And uh, because they are state-based companies and they're not sovereign nation Indian land, they have to post uh, this information. That's another thing that's exclusive to them. So basically, I just went online to this website, found all the places that had mm-hmm. red flags, and there was like five of them. And I, so we acquired all the spots. We made a Google Maps. And we would just blow through, and we, we would play them, and we would just like make a couple, like a hundred bucks here, hundred uh-huh. bucks there. We didn't really think, I didn't, you know, we really didn't think much of them because there was limits on them, and it's it's weird. I will say this: there, whereas with card counting, there is a CVCX where uh-huh. it's like basically there's a calculator. You know, like what you should walk away with. With Red Flex, there's just the Elliot Jacobson article. Yeah. And well, with CVCX, you know what your expected value is over many hundreds of hours of play, but at least you can have confidence like, okay, th- this is what the math says this game is worth. With Red Flex, you, you got a blog post. Yeah, you got you got a blog post, and there's not, you just can't like type, there's not like a, let me type in the info yeah. I'm going to walk away with here. Um, uh, and so we, 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 we so we, you know, we, dipped our toes in the experimental water and made a few bucks here and there. And we were just like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like nice little tidbit. And they weren't because of the nature of them not being Vegas, like casinos. And since the jobs are split between the house and the corporations in terms of, uh, backing games and who we were taking money from with our exploits. Um, there wasn't hostility toward us, but at the same time for us, we were like, are we, really gonna is this really a, like are we gonna make money here? Uh-huh. like is this really a good yeah you're good wondering things? if you're wasting your time or not yeah and that was sort of the climate and then so me and sub-zero we experimented uh we paired together for like a month and i remember thanksgiving we took a break and then after thanksgiving between the the two of us we parted ways because he he made thirteen thousand, and i lost a thousand within that month uh-huh and I, uh, at, at red flex or, or you just mean at card counting in general it, between both all those yeah the team the Uh, two-man team slingo red flex and yeah he was the big winner you were the small winner and uh so we parted ways and i I think because to be fair i think he thought i was dead weight and that's yeah that's like if you look at the results you looked you looked it but you know i've i've been the dead weight before uh (laughs) you play long enough you know any any card counter can be be the dead weight in the short term but but fair enough uh so so you guys parted ways and then Part of ways, and then I, and then, but still, we hadn't burned those stores. Yeah, and so the Red I, Flex I was, stores. Yeah, the Red Flex stores, and then I paired with JC Note. Yes, best and, thing you ever did. Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh my gosh. Great record keeping, phenomenal discussions. Great business partner, like the best, my best working partner ever. And then, and then we we hit like a huge blackjack, just straight up blackjack run. Yeah, card counting. Where it was like just regular card counting, sixty grand in a month which was like beyond my wildest uh-huh. imagination and that was awesome and then finally i'd kind of like burned all the stores in washington and i was like well 
let me head back down to California, which I'm still paying rent down there. And then um, I took like a break, a little little break, and, and uh, I think I did some special effects for some guy's movie or whatever. Then, then after that, I was like, all right, back to hitting the tables. And uh, me and uh, JC Note were still paired together. We were loving how much money we were making. And I rolled uh up to northern california because i basically when i was in southern california had burned everything in palm springs and san diego which is kind of like what's available to me down there and there's not like red flex card rooms in la but there are the card rooms in la um and so i started to head north and that's where basically in northern california all the red flex uh shops are yeah and then some of them would kick me out straight away like i'd win a little bit of money and they'd kick me out like a regular casino or wouldn't sweat my action Mm -hmm. Um, but then there was this one place, Capital Casino, that just let me keep taking their money. And I remember there was like a two-week period. And I was like, well, what's great here is they're letting me take their money. And I remember after a week, I had made, I think it was like three grand or five grand. And based off of my continual discussions with JC Note, who was basically like Q, um, I was James Bond and he was Q, <laughs> um, and he would do all the technical looking at Elliot Jacobson's article and our experience, you know, with uh, whole card and jack jackpot based pay tables. Um, the first week I was right on EV and I think it was a three or five grand that I'd made. And I was like, wow, this is great. Oh yeah. 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 In fact, I think I recall three grand. And then the next week I gave 2,500 back and I, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I don't know if this is working. Um, it's funny um, because with your time card counting, I would expect you to, is it just that it's uncharted territory? It's not yeah. as, as known as card counting. And, and, and if you think about it, just coming off of sixty grand regular card counting. Yeah, yeah. And like, so it's maybe like, you should get back to back yeah. to the, the out of the card rooms and back in the casinos. Yeah, back in, back into the regular casinos. But then it was like two months of breaking even. Wow, man, and, that would be hard to just keep keep playing for you know week after week uh, of of a kind of. Not really a known game. Well, well, oh, but let me explain. It was, it was two weeks of only making five hundred bucks on red flex, and okay. then it was two months of regular blackjack. Oh, okay. Breaking even. Oh, okay. And then I, I basically I went up through Northern California and went over to like the remaining stores in Washington and circled back down and spent Fourth of July with my family. And then conveniently, all of a sudden, hit like a huge. Uh, and so let me explain sort of the combination of things that led me to return to uh, red flex. Yeah, I'd spent 4th of July with my uh, family. And then right after that, I was heading South. Cause basically I, I've, I felt like there was still maybe a few places in Washington, but I'm like, forget it. I'm just going to head through California and I'm going to head to, I was heading towards Arizona and New Mexico, but I hit like a big win for that time because it was two months of breaking even. And then all of a sudden I had an eight grand day. Okay. A little after July 4th in Northern California, I think it was Rolling Hills and some other weird. Oh, okay. Things. Card counting. So you, you, had, yeah, you had some, regular, some big wins. Big, Yeah. It was six grand at Rolling Hills and two grands at this Feathers, not seven uh-huh. Feathers, again, but like some other Northern California casino. And, and the penetration was really bad. And I was like, I'll just take my two grand here and call it good. Cause I was like, I don't know if this is like a beatable. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Cause it looked like they were chopping off like two decks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. I was like, great. Eight grand. And I was like, well, you know, that one place like lets me keep doing what I'm doing there. Uh, Capital casino in Sacramento. And I was like, I guess I'll just keep playing there. The red, the red flex. Yeah. Re- I'm going to go back to red flex because of their leniency. Uh huh. 
and my thought was this is this was the thought at the time i was like well if they're lenient i have better results at casinos during the week um or, or uh, i'm sorry during the week when it's like because like if you go to if you go to vegas and you're like a high roller hitting a casino hard midweek on a wednesday uh-huh. you know what i mean it's gonna draw a lot of attention yeah so you're thinking count cards on the weekends red flex yeah. it during the week Yep, that's absolutely right. That's exactly what I was thinking because, like, if they're going to put up with my action all day midweek, uh-huh. let's let's do red flex, and then on the weekends I'll go to Reno and Grayton, which is basically San Francisco and Reno, because um, both of those were two hours away from Sacramento, and so um, I was like, "All right, cool, great, um, let's do this," and then um, uh, sure enough, uh, I. Uh, oh yeah, I got, I, I, um, I made, I hit my jackpot hand. Okay. Hit, uh, a jackpot hand, a red flex hand, one of those, uh, in fact, it was a six to one and I made 10,000. Oh, is it only a six to one? It wasn't like a two fifty to one. No, no, no. Six, six red cards. Oh, which is, oh, a six card. Okay. Is, got it. Which is a hundred to one. Okay. Okay. 10 grand on a hundred dollar bet. Uh huh. And I was like, and I never looked back. I was like, wow. Okay. And then I never looked back. Basically, what, this, what do you mean by you never looked back? Like, well, I, I stayed there. I like I in for I oh, okay four months. I stayed at Capital Casino because they kept letting me play. Uh huh. But but uh, you you uh, like your results started to to catch up. You mean with? Well, yeah, because like you know, all of a sudden, uh, in one day, it was ten grand, and that was part of the, the conversation with um, JC Note. Yeah. When I talked to him, he was like, "Dude, you're just you're just like one or two hands away from you're just one one or two jackpot hands away from EV. You're just yeah." Not hit, just and he knew that. that he knew that from from whole card. It's the same, you know. Just Lucky Lays is the same where you get the majority of the EV from the the big payouts, uh, which is if you get two Queen of Hearts. Um, there, there's like a bigger one, which is two Queen of Hearts with the dealer blackjack. That's like incredibly rare. But the two Queen of Hearts is like the big payout. But but you go hours and hours without getting it but then when you get it you catch up all your all your you know uh profits catch up the ev catches up yeah so so he he knew from experience like oh it's not that it's not working it's that you kind of like break even or slowly lose money and then you hit a jackpot hand and all the all the math catches up yeah awesome and you know it's it's uh it's yeah so like that all the all that all the combination of all those things, that's I, I basically um, stayed at this at, at this place. Like from that point forward, um, I, I stayed at one place for four months. I think I danced between uh, going to Grayton and uh, Reno for the weekend. Eventually, mm-hmm. it turned basically. I I ended up staying at one place for it was in capital casino in sacramento for 10 months okay so you just milked this red flex for for 10 months straight how many hours a week do you think but you know i i think it's 25 hours a week okay so uh that's you know a part-time job it's still not like 60 hours a week but but uh that's that's awesome yeah and, and, and for the first four months, I would just stay in hotels because it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to get a hotel either in Reno or uh, San Francisco on the weekend. And then eventually it got to where it's like, man, this is insane. Like 70000 100000 in of, of money that I've taken, t- taken out this place. I, I eventually got month-to-month rent. Yeah. Um, uh, totally makes sense. 
Yeah. And I was like, you know, this is an expense I can afford. Cause even if they, even if they're like at the beginning of a month, like, Hey, because me and JC, you know, we'd get on the phone because he'd be in on some of the banks and he would get some of the money, some mm-hmm. of the, some of our spoils. And he knew about it. And he, you know, encouraged me to keep playing it. Um, and he would be like, dude, we, we would just laugh and be like, when, when is this going to stop? It's crazy. Yeah. So, um, let me, uh, so it, it was 10 months an average of 25 hours a week. And at first I would ramp. And then eventually I got my con since I built up so much money, I, it got to where I just played at full blast. Cause the most you could bet on a red flex bet was 300 bucks. Okay. So a true one, you're, you're betting 300 on red flex. Yeah. True one higher. Just boom. Yeah. We're, we're betting. We're not ramping. We're not like doing a true one bet. No, it's just, it's on or it's off. Mm-hmm. And so like even calculating true counts just got out the window. And how much uh, did you make over this 10 months? Over the 10 months I made, uh, I took 284,000 home. And then another topic I want to talk about here is I tipped. Well, 26, okay. I'm sorry. You tipped how much? 26,000. Okay. So we, I want to talk about that in a second, but I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Did you work out the EV per hour at the end of this whole thing? I didn't. I think it's 400 bucks an hour. Nice. Is what it, it was, was the entire run when I've ramped. It was two hundred bucks an hour. When I went full blast, it was mm-hmm. six hundred bucks an hour. Okay, so so it all all worked out to four hundred. Which I actually just calculated my my lifetime EV uh, for card counting as as soon as I started calculating it. Which is by the time we'd grown a little bit of a bankroll, maybe a hundred hundred k bankroll, but it's like four hundred and thirty something dollars an hour. Uh, so uh, doing that at one casino, twenty five hours a week, sounds like a pretty sweet gig. Yeah, it was, and I, you know, and, and basically I park it there. I'd sit around and play a bunch of video games, and I did, I did, I did things. <laughs> like, um, and, and it's kind of like, well, I guess I'll go to work today, and all of that sounds <laughs> amazing. You know, kind of like, well, I'm, I'm like bored playing video games. I think I'll just go down the street after cooking my own meal. All, all of that sounds awesome because, man, like if you've seen my life on the road segment, um, mm-hmm. of, it's like it's it, like card counting is very grueling, and it's it is very very hard work, and it's a lot of Denny's, and it really. Where's on your soul all those back offs. Whereas mm-hmm. like um, this place, it, they they let me get to the long run, and it kind of I kind of slowly transitioned into being a tipper. Obviously, I've mentioned like oh, in the end I, I tipped twenty six thousand, but it's so weird because uh, all other places it's like you know casinos they'll just kick you out basically straight away. Um, you know, to where you, you can't get to, on a long run at a place. So there's no point in tipping. So you're so, saying you were strategic about your, t- you didn't become a tipper meaning like, Oh, Hey, I'm getting so rich. Let's just spread the love to all the dealer. It was, it was a strategic decision. Yeah. Cause basically what I felt like I was paying for was I was like, okay, if I'm going to, if I'm going to quote unquote show up to work every day, I don't want people to be mad at me every day. Well, yeah, it, it could take one dealer to ruin, ruin. I've, I've had that. There was, uh, games we were playing, it had an edge off the top, and one dealer she she was upset, you know, for whatever reason she ratted us out. Um, and you know, so I'm not saying go around and tip every dealer be, because of that one. I'm just saying all it takes is one, you know, one dealer that doesn't like the look of your face or whatever. Um, they can end the gig for you. So so you, you felt like, hey, I've got a gold mine here. Uh, how did you come up with your your tipping strategy? Well, it was it was real interesting because um, I was like, man, what? Because it, since it's such like basically new territory, um, and you feel like you're just wasting money tipping yeah. as, a, as a as a card counter. Twenty six thousand saved is twenty six thousand earned. 
I know. Yeah, there's twenty six thousand that I could have that I could have that I could have that I could have earned. But at the same time, you felt like, hey, this this is you know making me a much greater return by by prolonging the place. Yeah, because here's kind of uh, let me get into this. I, basically, just me on my own. At first, I was like, okay, I don't want them to be mad at me every day. Um, and so that's what I'm paying for. That's what I, that's what I'm going to tip for. If this is if they're going to be nice to me and let me like I think I was like thirty grand in, and I was like if these guys are going to be nice to me and let me play, um, I guess I will turn over a new leaf and give a little back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I, and then it was like, well, what is and I, and I would go home some nights tipping more than I made, and I, I was like, wow, what? So what? You know, I have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. What? And so I found out, I figured out, I was like, okay, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be 10% of my sum total of everything that I know that I've made. So af- like after you've made X amount, not of EV, but actual value. Yes, of, of actual value is ultimately what it ended up being. Because at first when I was ramping, the EV and AV calculations that we did in my spreadsheet were like spot on. Mm-hmm. And I would just make sure that both of them matched the okay. EV and the AV and in fact, I would never, if my AV was down, I wouldn't tip the EV amount. It would have to be uh-huh. the EV amount that I knew that I generated. Well, anyway, whatever. In the end, it got to where it's like the only thing I, I had, I had EV and AV, um, but it got to where the AV was so much higher than what my EV calculation was mm-hmm. because I didn't know what the accurate EV calculation was anymore for it going full blast that I was like, okay, I'll just get close to the actual value of what I've made and try not to go over. But sometimes what would happen is I would sustain like a huge loss and then I would have tipped more than 10% if that makes yeah. sense. And then what I would do is I would not tip and I would wait till I won the money back and and then tip. And then at the end, basically there was a, so then, then I came up with a formula for how I would tip. So I knew it was 10%. And then it was like, okay, basically, if if you gave me, and I even like experimented with tipping, like in terms of like, I I like worked with the dealers. I was like, hey, because at one point in time, I was trying to do this thing where it was like, I'm going to just give them five bucks every time a new dealer comes up. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to write all this stuff down, keep track of it. And then I'm going to spread it like mayonnaise because then it's fair and everybody likes me and everybody's getting stuff. And they, what they ended up liking was they liked getting paid on a five-card red or higher. Oh, okay. So they, you tied it to when you were getting paid big, they would get yes. a piece of the action. Hey, th- these dealers wanted to gamble. Yeah, they, they liked it. And yeah, because like instead of like spreading it around like mayonnaise, like anytime a dealer came up, here's five bucks, mm-hmm. they'd be like, what's this? It seemed insignificant. But what would happen is if I would get a five-card red, I would tip 300 bucks to the dealer that gave it to me, and there's three tables. Three tables here, four dealers, because one dealer would break the, mm-hmm. the three dealers that would deal, and then the, the other three dealers would get a hundred dollars. That's and interesting. If if I got a six card red, I would tip whoever gave it to me six hundred bucks, and then everyone else would get two hundred bucks. And then if I was to get seven card red, I would tip whoever it was seven hundred dollars. This never happened. I never got this. Yeah, but, but this you've was worked it point. out. That's, yeah, I just I just want to say it's so interesting with the dealers that they preferred that. You know, the reason gambling is so addictive is because positive random reinforcement is the most powerful uh, form of of psychological, uh, you know, re- reward or. Uh, you know, there's positive and negative rewards, uh, positive rewards and negative reinforcement. Random positive is like the most addictive. 
Um, but that's what you were giving them. It, you know, yeah. they didn't know when it would happen, but every so often they'd get this big payout. And, you know, like that, that was more psychologically powerful than just getting paid five bucks here and there. You know, uh, it's just interesting because we, we as card carriers, we want to not think it like gamblers that we want to think in terms of EV, but hey, these dealers, they, <laughs> they thought like gamblers. Yeah, dude, they wanted it. And like everybody knew what I was doing. The dealers knew what I was doing. The corporation knew what I was doing. And then I found out later that all this tipping that I'm talking about, um, uh, I didn't know. So for me, I'm like, okay, here's my 10% tax that I am giving myself to have a pleasant work life. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 That's what I thought I was paying for. Mm-hmm. That's what I agreed to. They loved me. They when I they would make special exceptions for me. I'd come in at four in the morning or whatever random time I would be up because I don't have kids and girlfriend. And uh, they'd keep an extra table open for me. They went out of their way for me. Yeah. Like, um, and I found out later that the the tips had a tri- a trickle up effect, meaning it wasn't just the dealers that would benefit from my tips. It was. Basically, the floors, which is the equivalent of that from a regular casino, is a pit boss. Mm-hmm. They would get a percentage of all the tips that I did for the dealers. Okay, dude. So, so this is really important because I'm, I'm like terrified. People are going to listen to this podcast and be like, "Oh, so what I need to do is tip a ton." No, <laughs> you know, it's like, no. man, very few card counters I know tip much at all. Uh, it's it's so dangerous. Uh, there are plenty of card counters that tip away their edge. You know, so yes. but but. You had found a game where you could, you know, generate whatever it was, uh, ten thousand a week, or, or you know, something. Maybe not that much, but five five grand a week, week in and week out. And uh, <clears throat> but it was at one place, and one place where it's the same crew, the same dealers, and even like their equivalent of pit bosses. Like you, your their uh, being on your side was directly related to your longevity. <laughs> Yes. Um, which is not normally the case with, with oh tipping. Um, but even then you found a, you know, 10%, you know, 10% would, would keep them happy, which kept you generating EV. So anyway, I just wanted to break that down for people. So they're not thinking the solution here is to go out and start tipping yeah, in casinos. <laughs> Good Lord. Do not. I, I just, cause for me, it took, I, I, I want to say it, of the 10 months, I think it took me like three months to finally come around to being like, well, I guess this is a different, I guess they haven't kicked me out yet. I guess I can afford to, because I like I knew if I tipped, I'd still be ahead a bunch at this place. And I like slowly, and then I had to figure out what it was. Yeah. And then I had fun with it. Yeah. Um, because it's like, oh, okay, here, you know what? Here, um, uh, in, in fact, I worked with them because I was like, instead of them me spreading it around like mayonnaise and small amounts, they wanted the jackpot payouts, yep. and I worked with them, and it was rant. I can't even remember who I paid what. Um, and then, so, so with that payout where it's like 300 bucks on a five card red and above, um, uh, uh, and all, all those payouts and stuff, there would still be money left over. And then what I got to where I was doing is I was, um, uh, when holidays would roll around, I would make custom cute, like whatever the excess amount of that 10% that I knew that existed, Mm -hmm. I would do sort of a holiday tip, um, and, uh, uh, and, and, uh, so that was, that was cool. Like, and yeah. so 
and, and um, I, 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 that was like really fun. And it all started with uh, not last, not this Super Bowl that just happened, but last year's. Uh, uh-huh. Even before that, it was like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, I think 2016 is when it started, and then I really got creative around February. And I would I would go home and I would make like these cute little cards. I, I, did, I remember I did one for February, and and I did this card that said February is for females and fellas. Yeah. And, so I came in with custom cards for all the blackjack dealers with a $100 tip in it and a $25 uh, Valentine's heart of chocolates from mm-hmm. Seas Candies and $25 gift card for wings for the Super Bowl for, for Wingstop. Uh-huh. And so I did that one. It just got, got all the dealers to be even more on your side. And, yeah. And, and, and like, it's yeah. just a nice thing to do <laughs> when, yeah, you're, nice. when you're milking them for you know, a couple hundred grand uh, a year or whatever. It's a yeah. nice thing, or whatever it was, 280 something yeah, grand. It's 84 grand in yeah. 10 months that I walked away with and 26,000 that they got. Yeah. So um, over 300 total. Yeah, dude. And yeah. so, like, and it was very interesting for me. It, it was just so not like the rest of card counting, where it's like you grind, people kick you out, they have attitudes, you eat a bunch of Denny's, you, you have a miserable experience at hotels. Instead, it's like, well, I guess I got really complacent because mm-hmm. I thought they were going to let me. In fact, you know how at the beginning of this where it's like, oh, yeah, I reached my goal, I exceeded my goal. Part of it was, it was like, you kind of get to this place where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to keep, I'm going to, I'm going to keep wafting in this money. And I'm so glad that they eventually asked me to leave. Um, yeah. So, so like all good things, it came to an end. Yeah. And what I think my suspect of what happened is I think the company that backed the games literally complained about me a, a bunch, but if like dealers are getting money and then floors, AKA pit bosses are getting money off that. And then, and then general managers or the people that kick you out, they get money off of the floors. Like mm-hmm. basically I'm trickle up effect lining. Yeah. Like it's unknowingly. It's just the people backing the game are getting crushed. Yeah, they're 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 getting mad at me. And what I think happened is that the owner of the card room, the owner of of the of the house, I think he got a discussion from the uh, corporation that backed the game, and they said like, "Hey, look, if you um, uh, keep allowing this guy to play, I think we're going to stop backing your game." And like. They are more valuable to them than I am to them, if that makes sense. Well, then, then you are even in, in theory. Obviously, you're not valuable to them at all. But, but yeah. Well, I, like I like I, I tip. Oh, I see. Oh, you were valuable. Yeah, yeah. By yeah. the tips. But they need to have a backer of the game totally. to get tips at all, and and that makes sense. And like, and I'm glad that I, you know, I kind of feel like it's like okay kind of like God's given me a hand, like, Hey, go back to LA and yep. like, follow, your, follow your dreams now. And, and that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and you know, it's nice to have, um, you know, initially I like in terms of like me seemingly luckily sort of creating my own luck here, I, I used to be jealous of other people's stories, but now I have this story. And so it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not jealous of you know I have no right yeah to well, I mean, uh, first off, thanks for sharing this. It's like really fun and interesting it, um, but I think you hit on a a good point, which is um you know a lot of people could be jealous and, and say like oh man where's where's my red flex? but honestly, every card counter I know you know maybe maybe it's not a one one casino that you're going to make 300 grand at in 10 months. Yeah. Uh, but you, you make your own luck. You, you know, you get out there, you generate EV, you, you 
think like an investor, you find what the options are. And everybody I know finds something, whether it was Joe 748 finding a place that he stayed at for seven weeks straight, you know, and, and milked them for 50 grand, uh, or whether it's, you know, there, there've been places that let me play a lot more than I would have ever imagined. And, and the things always come to an end, but you get out there, you generate EV and you're going to find your own, you know, uh, unique opportunities if you put yourself out there. Yeah. It's cause you know what? I'll say this. Because I, I had a discussion with Joe Seven Four Eight and Small Cap, both of them guys literally had the same experience as me, which is sort of that two week period where they didn't, they basically broke even. Like I made five hundred bucks. They had the same thing, and it was the same thing since there's not like CVCX for it. They just left. Oh, interesting. Oh, so you're saying they both had the same experience at Red Flex, but they moved yeah. on. Oh, Prior. fascinating. Yeah, and so like for me, I was it, like literally only because I was in the area. JC noted talked to me, yeah, had kind of nudged me in that direction, and my prior experience with jackpot payouts with him on 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 uh, Nat, and just happening after mm-hmm. July to hit like eight grand in regular blackjack. Because my thought was, was like, well, if it's another two weeks of me only making five hundred bucks, that's not the end of the world. It's this is at least yeah. worth coming off of an eight grand win. I'm like, this is at least worth at least taking the time to invest in, you know, mm-hmm. to get and made that 10 grand and never looked back. Yeah. 284,000 later, it's like, wow. You know, and it's this isn't the only thing. There was that uh, magic, what was it called? Magic oh, 21 magic. and or something yeah. like that in Colorado. And that oh. thing existed for years before. Yes. Before someone, you know, finally analyzed it, figured out how to beat it, and in like weeks beat it for six figures, um, you know, it, it, it's it's to the person that understands EV and is willing to investigate and uh, you know uh, take take the time and the energy to do it. To to them, go the spoils. Yeah, and I, there's guys out there that I know right now that the difference for me, I'm like. You know, I want to. I want to be a paid filmmaker. I just want to break even, getting paid to make films. That's like mm-hmm. the ultimate dream. Dream. That's all that, you know. In the end, that yeah. really matters. money. Money is just money. Yep. But there's guys if if you that I know that are out there learning their own exploits. Because in fact, when I was doing Red Flex, there was this one guy. I, I just won't say who it is or what or what the exploit was, but he was telling me about it. And like I knew, I was wafting in Red Flex money. And so I was. I wasn't in any way, shape, or form envious of like what he was. But he was so excited, and he just couldn't. Mm-hmm. He couldn't keep quiet about it that he wanted to share with me, and I was like, "Bro, your secret's safe with me." But I didn't. I didn't say that the reason why his secret was safe with me is because I was making way more money at the time. But that guy now, with just keeping with keeping his eyes peeled and being smart, is creating his own luck in the yeah, same way that totally. I created my own luck here. Totally. Uh, that's that's cool. Yeah. You know, uh, I'll, I'll reiterate. Uh, most of my friends, ninety-five percent of my they make is good old fashioned card counting. That's the teams I've won the four million that that uh, my teams have taken at casinos. Ninety five or maybe even ninety nine percent of it was good old fashioned card counting. But it's good to know the other options that are out there. Or you know, even red flex. It was card counting. It was just you know not high low. It was red black or whatever. Um, so you know, be informed and and keep your eyes peeled. Be smart. Run the numbers. But you know, there are. This isn't going to be the last uh, side bet or you know um, game that's offered that that can be absolutely crushed. Yeah, yeah. There's other there's other other. You know, I, I guess in a way it's like I want to continue to create my own luck with movies. You know yep. what I mean? Like, absolutely. And, and like force it 
you know, but you have to be committed um, and be okay with like, you know, some experience not experiments not working out. Like I had a bad, a bad experience with uh, video poker on my own. Actually, I think I oh wow, lost, I think eleven thousand. Oh wow, uh-huh. something like that. Um, but still it's like, Oh, that was a fit. And and honestly, prior to card counting, I lost 1700 martingaling. Yeah. 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 Well, learn how to have the advantage, but if, if you've got the advantage and you keep generating EV, it's going to work out. So, so keep, uh, you know, uh, generating filmmaking EV. And I want to hear back from you, you know, in another year or so and hear, hear how that's paying off. Yeah, for sure. It's great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to share the story with us. Uh, if you guys didn't listen to the other podcast interviews I did with the Phoenix, you can check those out in the members area. And uh, you, you're done with helping out with the boot camps because you're doing filmmaking full time. But thanks so much for, for still taking the time to share all this with the community and uh, hope to keep in touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks so much. Awesome. So uh, if you guys uh, want to check out the rest of what we have to offer, the podcasts, the videos, the training drills, all that stuff, it's in the membership area. And until next time, keep generating EV. Mm-hmm.